are the days that righteousness is being restored. Yes. We are a people. Let us be a people, God. We are already a people that declare the word of the Lord, that decree, that, that tune into your voice, Lord, that tune into your heart, that believe when we pray on earth as it is in heaven, that that is actually what you mean for us to do. Thank you, God, for your word. <laughs> declare the place where that table goes. Yes. <laughs> Lord, just thank you for just your word that stirs in our hearts, for your Holy Spirit that lives in every single person who believes, for your son Jesus who died for each and every one of us, so that when you look at us, we, you see us as holy and pure and blameless, and that, and that through your son Jesus, righteousness was restored, and we just get to walk in it. We get to figure out every day what that looks like. We just thank you, Lord, for, just thank you for how much you love us. Thank you for your love that is being poured out upon us. Yes, you are so good, Lord. That first song, the Calling All Angels, it's funny because Shell didn't realize that I was going to open with that song. And she, uh, do you want to share your little vision thingy? Yeah, come on up. She 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 um she goes oh we had such a cool prayer time and I was like oh show me what the Lord told you because I always want to know that stuff and and this is what she shared oh thanks oh, okay so um, this was all of us actually we gather for pre prayer every Sunday morning to pray for the service pray for all of you that you would get here not have uh, obstacles and all sorts of things we pray for pray for the ministry and. Anyways, we were praying, and, and um, somebody in the group was talking about joy and, and God bringing love gifts and to all of you and all of us. And, and uh, the Lord gave me this really quick vision of a ladder, like Jacob's ladder, and the angels were, were on the ladder, and they were laughing. They were just full of joy, and they had these bombs of love and joy, and they were throwing them down on us. And so that was just really, I thought the same thing when you started that song. Yeah, thought, it was oh really gosh, cool. God is so good, right? Yeah. And he just brings everything together. I think that we think that the angels know more than they actually know. They are like intent. Like they are looking to see what God is revealing of himself through humanity. Like they are looking to see what the Lord is revealing in the church. He, they, they're like, oh, what's going to happen next? Like, I think that we think that they just, like, know everything, like they're all knowing like God is, but he, they're, they're, like, intent. They're on the edge of their seat. They're excited to come. And so when we start with that song, just inviting the angels to come and, and just sing with us, just come and sing with us. And if, you're, if you can see, and some, some of you guys can see in the spirit realm, and some of you guys can just feel, like, angelic activity and stuff, but, like, in, inviting them to come and hang out with us and then, to have Shelby like, oh, yay, I'm excited. We're going to come and we're going to go give them gifts. And it's really cool. So I just um, thank you for sharing that. That was really encouragement, an encouragement for us. So it just kind of like then worship. Was, I don't know. It was just the Lord just put all the songs and all the people and all the, the things that he's saying all together. And it was like, oh, wow, this is really good. Anyway, his presence is here. If anyone doesn't know that, his presence is here. So we just ask you, Lord, to come more. We always will ask for more because you tell us that we can, that we can come boldly before the, the throne of grace, and no matter how much of you we have, we can always ask for more. There is always 
more. We will never reach the end of your vast affection for us. And you will never get tired of hanging out with us. So we just thank you. We just want to bask in your presence for just a little bit longer. Yes, Lord, we just thank you. Just don't ever get tired of singing your praise. Oh. Good. I want to encourage you guys this morning. I was in the book of Philippians this morning. And it's pretty quick. So I read the whole thing. It's only about four chapters. But at the end... He's, he's encouraging the church. This is Paul. He's, he's encouraging the church. He's, he's telling them to follow my example. He's, t- he's talking about joy. He's talking about some of his uh, disciples that have been going around and serving. And, and he talks about, um, he talks about, let's see, he's, he starts off with just, man, I thank God for you guys every time I think of you. And that's how the church, that's like what our hearts should be towards each other, no matter who it is. Even the Baptist guys, even the people that you're not, even the Catholics, even the people if you're not sure if they're saved or not, even the people that don't believe in women in ministry, even the people that don't believe in the Holy Spirit, even the people that don't believe in the stuff that you believe in. When we see those people, even when the, the community churches and even the Nazarenes and even, you know, all of them, even the Lutherans, even the Episcopalians, just all of them. Whenever we think of the churches that are going out doing the work of the ministry of the Lord, I mean, when we think of them, when we think of each other, when I think of you guys, like, oh, it just gives me joy. Oh, I just love, I just love being in partnership with you. And that's kind of how Philippians starts. And it ends with, this is Paul as um, a missionary. And he's talking about thanking for the way that the church has supported him. And we have a, I don't even know what you call yourself. I guess you call yourself a bishop, or they call you a bishop, or she's a missionary. She goes all over the world. She's Jane. She just used to live over here in Weot, and she, you know, drove by the church one day and thought maybe I'll stop in, and then she kind of never left, and then she did leave, but then she still didn't leave. And she's moved twice now, and she still, you know, wants to come and hang out with us and share, and a lot of the people in this body support her, but um, we just remember when she just... Some guys asked her if she would do some meetings on Skype. They're like, you want to come to Pakistan? She's like, oh, no. And, and she's like, and then she, a few years later, she's in Pakistan. And now she has, you know, ministries all over the world. But I want to bring this up because um, in, in Paul's letter to the Philippians, he's thanking them for the support that he is giving them. So a lot of times we teach from the perspective of we give so that we can send. But this is a letter uh, from a missionary who has gone through the, their church, who, is, who has planted this church and who has moved on and is saying, you know, thank you. He's saying, like, you have, you have supplied me when other people wouldn't supply me. At the end of Philippians, it's chapter 4. It's titled Joy in Giving. And um, starting in verse 14, he's talking to a church that hasn't been on missionary trips with him. But he's, he has been there before. He's, he says, it was good of you to share in my troubles. He considers 
those who give as sharing in his troubles. Like I had never I had never realized that before that he's like that he's saying thank you for supporting me. He's like as you Philippians know in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel when I set out from Macedonia, he's talking about the places that he's been. Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except for you. He's like you you kept supporting me always. Ever since you first heard about the gospel, your response was giving. Your response was partnering with me. Your response was sharing in my troubles. And he says, um, he says, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. And then, you know, this is a missionary that his, he, his entire reliance is on God for provision and everything. And so he says, this is a little bit weird. Not that I desire gifts, but what I desire is for more to be credited to your account. I think that sometimes we don't realize that there's a spiritual account that we have. And... It's not a transactional account, it's a relational account. It's when we, from, from our hearts, from love, from just really truly believing and supporting in what someone is doing, when we partner with them, share in, in their troubles, their troubles are different than our troubles. I haven't ever been in a condo that got like raided on the other side <laughs> when like Jane did. But, um, but I share, I feel like I share in her troubles because he, he talks about, um, that he's fully so that he's fully supplied and he sees this as a as an acceptable sacrifice that that is pleasing to God it's a fragrant offering it's a fragrant offering when we give in Romans 12 it talks about if if your gift is serving then serve if your gift is leading then do it diligently if your gift is mercy then do it joyfully and if your gift is giving then give generously and, and, and this, I, never, I had never realized, but this, in the end of Philippians, is really a teaching about giving as a body. It's about giving individually, but it says it's about giving and supporting and sharing in one another's troubles. Some of you guys are like, I don't want to go to Africa. I don't want to go to, I don't want to be called to, Lord, I'll follow you, but I don't want to go to this, uh, this, this one place. Or I, I'll, I'll follow you, but I don't want you to make me lo- uh, leave my job. Or I don't want to leave. You know, some of us are like that. Um, and usually whenever we say that type of stuff, that's usually the first thing that the Lord asks us to do. <laughs> Where's I'm sitting? I honestly, I promise that when I first said yes to the Lord, I was like, Lord, I love you and I will follow you, but I don't want to go to Africa. And my very first, I just got my passport. My very first trip is actually going to Africa with Jane. We're going in two months. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. But yeah, I, I was cracking up about this. But this thing about giving, like we're not, I, you guys, I promise, we're not just giving to, live, to, to, to keep the lights on here. Although it's nice to have lights on. It's nice to have microphones and it's nice to have heat in the wintertime. And we, it's nice to have a place where we can meet and gather and pray and it's comfortable. And it is nice to be able to be a, a resource to our community like we are. We have um, Food for People that distributes out of here on the third Thursday of the month. But it's not only are we giving, we support, I think, 11 missionaries, and a bunch of us support Jane. Um, so we're, we are changing the world from this little place. We are sharing in each other's sufferings. We, ch- we are sharing in, in their trials when we sacrificially give. And so I just want to make sure that you guys know that that giving is amazing and it's fun. 
<laughs> I would love to have any, if anybody has testimonies about, about I've, always, I've already shared all of mine, so maybe not all of them, but I'm not going to do it today. But anyway, I just wanted to, I just wanted to highlight this, the end of Philippians, that it is uh, an appropriate one for today for us to share in the troubles of the people that go when we can't go. Because they can't go without us, and we can't send without people willing to go, Right? And so, Lord, I just thank you for just this, um, just how you have designed this whole thing. So thank you for calling. Thank you for people that respond. Thank you for people that say yes. And today in this message, I pray that as Jane shares, that you will stir in people's hearts and that we will listen, that we will say, you know what, Lord, that sounds super scary. I don't know if I want to go to Cambodia, but if that's what you're asking me to do, then I'm open to it at least just say you're open to it if he's if he's calling you. So I just pray that this message will stir in our hearts, Lord, and I thank you for those that faithfully give. I thank you for your provision, and I thank you that I believe, just as Paul does, the end of this says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory. And so I pray that for every single person that sacrificially gives, that you will meet their need out of the riches of your glory, not out of our expectation and not because we gave and we expected as, as a transaction, but that you will really stir in our hearts, Lord, that you will bless us abundantly, that we will be a people that can say, yes, I have experienced it. You cannot outgive God. So I just thank you for every, every person that gives, and you guys uh, know how to give. There's all the different places. Um, also, don't forget, at the end of this service, we're having a barbecue down the hall. And I think some people from Liberty Tabernacle are going to join us. And we are um, launching our youth group this Thursday at 6 o'clock. We're going to feed them, and then we're going to have a meeting with them, the, these little munchkins over here. I know he looks like he's a grown person, but he's in high school. Anyway, <laughs> um, I want to just give a, a ton of love and time to our friend Jane. She's going to share about, I'm assuming she's going to share about the, the ministries all over the world that she supports. I don't even know how many countries you're in. I can name a few. Nigeria. Nicaragua. No. No, not, not, no. <laughs> no, that's South America. Okay, we're still in Uganda, Rwanda, Pakistan, India. I don't know anymore. Malawi? Malawi? Oh, wow, I didn't know about that one. Four continents, my goodness. Anyway, come on up. We want to give you tons of time to share. And if anybody um, wants to give to Jane's ministry, if you just want to give on your Church Center app, uh, if you do special speakers or love offering, it will all go to Majestic Grace. Is that an offering bucket? Which is her, yeah. All right, thanks, you guys. Give my offering. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, how many of you like bunny trails? Good. <laughs> You're in the right place. There's, there's so much, there's so much that um, I'm going to do my very best to uh, just listen to God and do what he wants today. But you were speaking of revival while you were um, singing and I looked up the word revive. It means to restore to life or consciousness. Regain life, consciousness, and strength. And revival 
an improvement in the condition or strength of something, something becoming important again. And when I was sitting there, the Lord said to tell you, revival, most revivals, if you research, started with one person. Why not you? The same Jesus that was in them is in you. The same Spirit of God that was in them is in you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. Why not you? Why not you? So I want you just to think about that. Whenever you think, God, revival, we need revival, can you just say, why not me? Because it starts in the heart of one. And you change the atmosphere around you wherever you go because the light of God is in you. I'm learning more and more about him being in us and not being afraid to change the atmosphere. Because wherever you walk, wherever you go, you actually go into the darkness and dispel it. Because the light of eternity is in you. God's light is in you. It was, it was put in you the day you received Christ. Okay, the day you received Christ, eternity entered into you. The fullness of God, everything he has to offer, all of our inheritance was planted inside of us the day we said yes to Jesus. And so he's in you, he's alive, he's well. The light, the light that came into the atmosphere of our world when God said, let there be light. Remember that the Bible says that God is light. In him there is no darkness. So when he said, let there be light, he spoke himself into our atmosphere. He filled our atmosphere. The, the scientists have said they've gone 46 billion light years in to outer space. That's as far as they could travel at the moment, but they never came to the end because God is not containable. But he chooses to dwell inside of you. He chooses to allow you to flow out of him. The Bible says that we have rivers of living water that flow out of us. And it flows up and it flows out of us when we just simply are willing to let it out. I loved something I heard this week. It said, don't pray with empty hands. And I thought, wow. That is a very powerful statement. What this man was saying was, the light and the power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. But when you lay hands on the sick, if you don't believe that God wants to heal them through your hands, they're empty. But if you believe that the power of the living God wants to flow up and out and into others, you will see the miracles taking place. I was sharing with Sally this week that I can't tell you how many times I've laid hands on the sick and never said a word. I simply lay my hands on them, believing that God's going to flow through and heal them. And we saw one woman that had cancer, four, stage four cancer, 
Never said a word, just laid hands on her belief for healing and she was completely healed. We had another situation with, Claudette was with me, where they brought the woman in, carried her in, seated her in the chair. That was our rain <laughs> that came down and poured upon us that we got soaked. It was like, oh well, <laughs> we're gonna get wet. But that woman who couldn't even sit in the chair within five minutes stood up glowing because the power of God hit her and she was completely healed. She came back the next day, said the first time in months she slept through the entire night, a good night's sleep. And she knew she was healed. God is faithful and God is ready. All he asked you to do is be a willing vessel. So, my, yes, our ministry is expanding. <laughs> it started in this house and I had to chuckle because I was reminded of our website. And, you know, it's been a while since I started this website and I had to chuckle and I had to actually go look it up. This is what it says about us. Majestic Grace Incorporated was established in order to facilitate the expanding ministries of Bishop Jane Mello. And I had to chuckle, I thought, and it keeps expanding. <laughs> so about, uh, oh gosh, the end of the year last year, like around the end of November, a thought came to me, well, we should prepare our house to sell. You know, we should, you know, maybe like change the floors, work on the kitchen, do some remodeling. And so we invited this couple who is good friends of ours who are in real estate to come and to just walk the property and share with us some ideas on how to get our house ready for sale. Within two weeks, it was sold. We had no place to go. We put everything in storage and we are living in the basement of our kid's house in Montana. I still to this day say, what the heck did we just do? <laughs> but the Bible says this. It says man makes his plans, but God orders his steps. And for whatever reason, God wanted us in Montana quickly. So within like just a, one, 30 days, we were out of our house and in Montana. And um, I have to tell you, I've gotten more done in the last three months in the basement than I have probably the last three years. That God has expanded us, and we are now in four continents. How? Because Jane said yes. <laughs> Someone called me and they said, would you be willing to teach a class for our university? I said, what? I never even went to college. <laughs> Why would you have me? No, I, that's wrong. I went one year. But I said, I, said, I don't know how, what? And they said, well, well, could you teach a class? And I said, well, let me think, what kind of subjects are you looking for? And they said, well, we'd really like someone to teach counseling. And I said, oh, I know a little tiny bit about counseling. Yeah, I could teach that class. <laughs> then they liked that class, so they said, would you be willing to teach a class on entrepreneurship? Oh, I know about that, okay, I could teach that. <laughs> then they said, would you be willing to teach a class on prophecy? <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, so let's see. <laughs> I just happened in August of last year to have the feeling that I should go to the Bethel School of Prophets. And I spent a week, right before I got COVID there, <laughs> learning about prophecy. And I never buy books, well, I do, but most of them I never open again. 
There, I have a whole shelf, by the way, of Christian books unopened in case you need some. <laughs> or I'll flip through them a little bit and grab a piece here and there. But I actually had all the workbooks, all the teachings and all the training to be able to teach a class on prophecy. So the last several months, I've been teaching a prophecy class. <laughs> and out of the blue, I get this wonderful message from them. Congratulations, you have been promoted to our vice president. I said, what? <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> I was going, you know I didn't go to college. You know I don't have a degree. You know that most of the time when you're speaking to me, I have to look up in the dictionary the words you're using. <laughs> but after consideration and saying, God, I don't have a clue how to be the vice president of a university, I just said, well, I have no clue what I'm doing. If that's okay with you, I'll say yes. <laughs> just tell me what you need. <laughs> and I got the privilege of doing the graduation ceremony on Skype or Zoom for five doctorates. Whoa. And I had to send a letter to the chairman of the board and said, what does it look like to facilitate a graduation? <laughs> and God was so good, she sent me a whole platform. All I had to do was read. <laughs> Follow this and then bless them with a prayer. God had that covered. <laughs> but what I'm saying to you is if you just say yes, you will be amazed what God will use you for. <laughs> you don't have to know everything. He does. And so I've been learning to just say yes to God. Let me go in here to a little bit of uh, what we're doing. This is our, and I have a few of these, so there's not a, one for everybody, but there's several to go around. Uh, this is what we're doing currently. This is um, Pastor Bashir and his wife, Nagina. And they were our hosts, and they're also our pastors and our national directors in Pakistan. They were the ones that we were staying with when the uh, bomb went off and the terrorists got raided the, across the street from us, <laughs> across the parking lot, <laughs> in the middle of the night. They keep asking me to come back. I keep saying, hmm. <laughs> we'll see. God knows. But we have been doing several things there. We've done Fit for a Queen, which is where we give outfits to women, the widows of the um, Brick Kiln Villages. Uh, SD cards, oh my gosh. SD cards are still creating miracles to this day. Uh, just miracle after miracle. Uh, we got started in this ministry because they were looking for a foreign face that they could put on posters and billboards <laughs> and videos. And, and uh, what they discovered was if they did a projector show with a foreign face, people would come. And so I'm the foreign face of their ministry in Pakistan. <laughs> I'm the one that does, sends all the salvation messages that they put out on their projector shows. And they just completed 738 projector shows from the day we started. And thousands of people have come to Christ. And healings like crazy. But it all started with this woman at the top, who we did our first Skype meeting. 
and this woman was present, and the Lord had me pray for healing, and her blind eyes opened. And after that, they said, you're the one we're looking for. <laughs> I said, well, praise God. <laughs> and SD cards, this woman was dead for 13 hours, but her children had just gotten an SD card. They, were, they had just, all of them, including her, given her heart to Jesus the night before. They were, her kids were crying out, and they had the SD card playing. Her 11-year-old son took the SD card on the phone, laid it next to her head, and she came back to life. And when I got, went there, I got to meet her, and she said that, this, this cracks me up, she said, yeah, I was walking down the path and back in heaven, and I saw your video. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, kids obviously is playing next to her head, right? And she said, Jesus walked up to her and he said, you have to go back, your children are orphans and they need you. And she is completely healed and she's working in the ministry. So God is so good. So some of our things, we've, we started some businesses for them by giving them a couple of the guys rickshaws and that's helping to support the ministry over there. Um, we are now on three television channels there. Are, these are cable stations, by the way, so they're very inexpensive for us to run. Uh, they have all kinds of little tracks that they've made that they hand out with my picture. Like I said, I'm the face of Pakistan. I'm afraid to go back. You know, they have, they, especially when it says bishop, because I understand the price on the head of a bishop is double that of a pastor. So that's why the new term is, just call me Mama Jane. <laughs> And this young woman here who's now married with a baby started in the most unusual ministry last year. I had the desire in January to start a program called The Widow's Oil. And it was out of the stories in the Bible where God multiplied oil for the widows to help them. And so we, I just had this desire and she said, well, I'd like to start that. Her mother-in-law gave them a room. They took in 13 widows. And this is what's exciting. The 13 widows took in seven orphans. So the widows are taking care of the orphans. The orphans now have mamas, and the mamas have babies. So that's, that's been a really good project. This is Pastor Eric. He's in Rwanda. Some of you know we started um, working with Eric. Um, I met him on Facebook, tested him thoroughly, said, I'm coming to meet you before I ever consider funding you. <laughs> he always laughs and he says, yeah, she just told me she was coming. <laughs> He's glad, I think, because within one year of our being there, they had a foundation and land but no building for the kids and they were living in a garage. One year later, they had a house completely finished. We're now currently working on the school. We're almost done with the first six classrooms. So this is the project for that. Um, just some other things. I'll let you read some of the things on that if you get a chance. We went to India, those beautiful ladies back there with me. The first time I went to India was with Wanda. We, I went with a group with Wanda, and that was what uh, waved at them. <laughs> it, it gave me a love for India. I've been back seven times, and I feel like God wants to take me again. And, but you've had the privilege of... Jimmy Joseph and Peter and Joseph and a few others that have come through the doors. 
Anyway, let me just uh, share Seeds of Hope. Seeds of Hope has been one of our projects where we've been funding women and some men to start micro-businesses. I'm happy to say that many of them survived COVID. Many of them didn't, but many of them did. Under tribal evangelist Timothy, his women survived. They have given him enough money that he built his church. So our Seeds of Hope project has really been effective there. So Seeds of Hope is we raise $100 one-time grant that we give women to start micro-businesses. And we're, our, we ask them to please give back 10% to their local church and also to give back. So funding 10 women, we ask them to fund one of their own. So it keeps perpetuating. Um, we added pigs and goats. Um, when I got the opportunity to go to Uganda, right at January of 2020, before the world shut down. You know, the timing of God is so important. I had an opportunity to go January. I had 10 days only that I could go, or I could wait and go in April. I put out my fleece, which was show me a penny in an unusual place if you want me to go. And just out of the blue, and I didn't you know, let it go. And just out of the blue, all of a sudden, I looked back in my car, and on the hump, there was a bright, shiny penny. I went, okay, we're going in January. But God knew, because like I said, the world shut down in March. <laughs> but here's the neat thing about that. Revival broke out in Uganda, and it's still going strong. So even though COVID shut down their churches, they survived and thrived. And the pigs that we gave sustained the villages. So through COVID, they had the pigs that were reproducing, that were providing food for the, for the villages. And we're now also giving goats along with pigs. So $100 buys five pigs, and then they breed. And if you don't know anything about pigs, they give between 9 and 12 per litter. So that literally expands quickly. And the goats, they buy for $100, they buy a pregnant goat. And she's pregnant with two kids. So you, you get three for the price of one. <laughs> So we started that project this year as well. The other thing we expanded was Seeds of Hope, and this is kind of our little prayer um, requests and what we're praying about and a little testimony. We, I seated our first pastor. So the gentleman that got me hooked into the university, we were talking about the entrepreneurial class, and I said, well, you know, we have the Seeds of Hope project. And he said, you know, that would be awesome if you could do that for our pastors. I went, for the pastors? He goes, most of our pastors are starving because their congregations aren't big enough or they don't have enough money to support them. So they're giving to the work of God, but they're not being able to put food on their table. So he was the first one. And when he told me he wanted to start a bakery, how many of you picture a bakery? Think about a bakery. What's a bakery look like? Okay. I said, please send me pictures of your bakery. So this is his wife over an open flame with a pot of oil where she's cooking donuts. That's the bakery. 
but he said it's putting food on their table every day. So the bakery's successful. And then he sent to me just five. He's got more, but there's the first five we'd like to fund with Seeds of Hope. So all of these are pastors who are in Malawi. Okay. There's our goats and pigs. And on the internet, you can see me picking up the little piglet and smiling and laughing. The other one that we're praying about and I'm hoping to see when we go to Uganda, Uganda is a pastor who came out of prostitution. And she's rescued 32 women off the streets and is housing them and they've all come up with business ideas to try to be able to support themselves. One of the other things we did this year was we rescued a young girl from trafficking. And I got word that this young 13-year-old girl was being trafficked by her mother. And she begged them to please rescue her. And so we sent the money for her to get rescued. They put her in this hostel, and we're helping to take care of her for $60 a month that's covering her uh, rent and needs in the hostel. But if you take a look, I'll just pass this, the, cont the countenance from where she was to her being rescued is huge. Like life has come back into her. And so just, you know, God is just doing so many things. And when I said we're on the continents, it's through the, through the university. We're reaching four different continents now and with the word of God and with hope and with, you know, God can use you in the basement. <laughs> By the way, don't feel sorry for me. I have a beautiful bedroom suite with walk-in closet, bathroom, living area, million-dollar views out the patio, <laughs> freezing cold and ice and snow at the moment, but, but don't feel sorry for me. It's warm and cozy and comfortable. <laughs> so when I laugh when I say I'm in the basement. The other thing I did in the basement is I started writing some books. Um, I've been telling Sandy Purify for the last two years that she needed to write a book because she's been posting on Facebook these incredible, encouraging words. I said, Sandy, you need to put those in a book. Do a devotional. This would be wonderful. And she didn't, and she didn't, so I did. <laughs> so I have two books that I wrote with her devotional, um, just copy and pasting off of Facebook, <laughs> along with these phenomenal pictures that my other friend did, and she does computer art. And so I combined the two, and we have two little booklets. And then after I got done with those, I said, okay, Jane, you've been saying for the, uh, people have been saying to you for the last several years, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. And I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, okay, 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 yeah, win, right? But after doing theirs, I decided I was gonna write one of my own. <laughs> it's just a little booklet called The Word of Our Testimony, and I realized as I was doing it, it was going to be a series. This one is Our Provider. And it's just testimonies of the provision of God. And I have to share this one because Peggy was talking about the ravens. So in Pakistan, where are you? You're in this book. Oh, come on, you're in this book. Let me find the picture. Anyway, we're, so in Pakistan, twice now, the ravens have provided money. Isn't it in this book, Lord? Oh, there it is. Okay. One of them was, so the first one we didn't get a picture, but a couple was given money by a raven in the tree. 
So they, had, they were on their way to a wedding. They had no funds to give as a gift. They prayed. When they stepped on the grass, every bird flew away but one, and it had 500 rupees in its mouth. One of our other team members broke down, was out of gas, a mile from the gas station, and he said, well, Lord, even if I get to the gas station, I have no money. I can't buy gas. And a raven flew to his feet with 100 rupees in its mouth, and he got a picture. <laughs> so the ravens are still alive, well, and providing. <laughs> but how much time have I got, Jen? Okay. I want to just share a couple of these because, you know, God is so faithful and he has been so incredibly, incredibly faithful to us. Um, in, I just am amazed at how he provides. And when you're in a situation where you don't have a church of your own. You don't really have, you know, a lot of, especially when you're sitting in a basement and you're miles away from everybody you know. Being able to bring provision in to fund so many others in the world is not simple unless you just trust and believe God. And I've watched God miraculously bring provision. I was talking to Eric on the phone and their roof leaked. And first of all, the, the roof, they had to completely repair the roof, but in the meantime, it started pouring down rain while they were trying to repair the roof, and it destroyed some of the walls inside. And so one of the things that was going on was there was openings where the mosquitoes were coming in and attacking the kids. And he said, Mom, I just really, I need to fix this. I said, well, how much money do you need? And he said, well, it's going to be $1,500. Okay, I think our bank account had like maybe a couple hundred in it. And I just said, okay, well, we're just going to pray and we're going to believe God. And I know God's going to provide it. I hung up the phone with him. I went into my bank account to just see what exactly where we were with funds. And as I was speaking to him, someone put $1,500 into our bank account. <laughs> So that's the power of God. <laughs> that's when you know that God's got this. Now, let me tell you about Eric. So when I went to Uganda, or Rwanda for the very first time, God, you know, like I said, I went to check him out. Someone prayed over me, and I fell out in the spirit. If you don't know what that means, I fell on the floor. And as I was on the floor, I recognized I was giving birth to a baby and I was giving birth to a boy. And at this time, I was overwhelmed by Pakistan. There was so much on my plate with Pakistan, especially trying to raise funds for them, that I was overwhelmed. And I recognized that God was giving me another child, and I said, if you want this baby, you're going to have to take care of him. Let me tell you about how good God is. Do you know that the next year we sent double to him that we did to Pakistan, and I never asked for a dime? God took care of that baby. <laughs> then I'm in Uganda. Same thing happens. I'm in Uganda, go out in the spirit, I'm giving birth to a baby. And I'm looking and going, God, this baby's premature. 
I'm not ready for this baby. Once again, I said, God, if you want this baby, you're going to take care of this baby because he's way early. But again, God's provision has been there for them. And so it's amazing to watch what God does. I, just get out of his way. <laughs> if I can give you a piece of advice, get out of his way. You know, when I'm praying for somebody, that's the other thing I try to do. Lord, let me get out of your way. What do you want to say? What do you want to do? What's in your heart? It's not about me. It's about God. And if you can just recognize that God wants to use you powerfully, all you have to do is say yes. I'm reaching the nations through Zoom. I started ministering to Zoom or through Zoom to Nepal several months. Claudette comes up to me and says, do you know anybody that might want me for two months? I said, well, let me hook you up with this guy in Nepal. She just got back. <laughs> Two months in Nepal, you'll have to ever come share. <laughs> but yeah, God is faithful. And, and like I said, just say yes. I uh, was invited. They want me to go to Nigeria in uh, August. I knew that two trips in a row, was that was not going to happen. <laughs> first, of all, first of all, it's a long travel, 25 hours, <laughs> one way. And I said, well, not this year. However, I will be happy to do Zoom meetings for you. So on May 15th, I'm doing a Zoom meeting with Nigeria. And God is using me for a pastor in Texas. He called me on the phone to... Fund Eric. <laughs> As we're talking, I said, gee, before we close, can I pray for you? I started praying for him. I started sharing with him that a Jezebel spirit was attacking him. He didn't say a word. He calls me back a week later. He says, how'd you know? <laughs> Tells me the story of what's going on in his life. And then he says, would you speak for our church? We do a Zoom church. Sure, be happy to. Get done with that. He says, how would you like to be on our platform on a rotating basis? I'm in the basement. I'm reaching. <laughs> By the way, he has people from Nigeria and Uganda and Rwanda on his platform. So again, we're reaching the world out of the basement. You don't have to spend 25 hours on a plane, although I much prefer laying on of hands. <laughs> But I, I just want to encourage you today, just say yes. We started Graceful Women from a dream. I had a dream that I was announcing Graceful Women. I was in blue jeans and a t-shirt and my hair uncombed, and everybody that knew me was like laughing because they knew it wasn't even close to me. And they said, I just said, what am I doing? And they said, you're announcing Graceful Women. I think they said Majestic Grace Women. I think we picked up the Graceful Woman name. But we have graceful women all over now that are working for their dreams. Because it wasn't about me. It wasn't about my ministry. It was like, okay, God, what do you want to do with these women? He wanted the dream inside of them to come alive. And I watched God birth their dreams through graceful women, because we're giving them the platform to do so. We're giving them the opportunity to step out in faith, some to step out on faith and sing, 
others to step out and walk their community. By the way, if you haven't been to Hoopah lately, we did a prayer walk in Hoopah from a graceful woman's meeting that literally changed the face of Hoopah. If you notice, they have a beautiful new store, shopping center. Okay, their schools have expanded. And the best part, their leader is now a born-again believer. <laughs> See what one woman's dream can do? She had a desire for three years to walk their streets. In one month from the day we said do it, she did it, and things changed. You don't have to wait. Remember revivals in you. Why not you? You want a worldwide ministry? Why not you? Why not you? God's able. God can provide. Maybe you just need to do something that God's called you to do right here in Rio Dell. But you're afraid to step out. This is a good birthing ground. I was birthed here. <laughs> Do you know why my ministry succeeded? Because the body here believed in what I was doing and were willing to say, we're with you. We will pray for you. We will help support you. We will not let your dream die. We're behind you in this. Go for it, girl. This is good birthing ground. Jen started here. <laughs> this is, but what I mean by that is your ministry just began here and God nurtured you and raised you up to be who you are today. And getting to go on your first trip out of the country. <laughs> All right, I'm going to invite um, Sally and Claudette to come up and join me, if you wouldn't mind. So if you... Some, all of you know Sally, right? <laughs> and most of you know Claudette. I have had the privilege of traveling with these two amazing women twice now to India. Has it been twice or three times? Twice, twice okay. <laughs> two out of my seven trips. And um, I think the funnest thing about these guys is that <clears throat> they're, the, they're the team of laughter. If you need joy, this is a good place to get it. <laughs> and if I stand on the step, I'm taller than you. <laughs> I, I love the picture of the three of us in the saris that's in the book. It's like it starts with Claudette and then Sally and then me, and it goes just like this. <laughs> but uh, powerful, powerful move of God. When we're together, it's like God just moves. And so I, I'm so glad that they decided that they would join me here today because we want to pray for those of you that would like prayer. If you have a dream inside of you that needs to be birthed, come and let us just lay full hands on you <laughs> and believe with you for God to ignite your ministry today. The other thing is, what about those of you who need healing? Audette and I saw... A man that was um, paralyzed on one side from a stroke, completely healed. The woman with cancer. The guy that was in bed with stage four kidney failure that got up and went the next week was leading worship at his church again. Um, the demon possessed that just, yeah, that was a good one. That just, there went that demon. <laughs> the power of God 
is in you, but it's also in us. And we believe on the laying on of hands and the impartation also of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we walk in healing, we walk in words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy. In fact, most of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So if you want an impartation for God to launch you, we want to pray for you. Is that okay, Jen? There you go. <laughs> Let's do it. So if you need healing and you need launching, you want impartation, we're here. And Jen, why don't you join us because you carry it all too. <laughs> and then any of your team that you want us to, uh, to maybe come get prayer and then join us. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's, um, anybody that wants prayer, come on up, please. We definitely want to pray with you. But um, for any of you guys that are online, we just uh, we just want to say a blessing. Can you just yeah. say a blessing for our online church real quick, Jane? Absolutely. Father God, we praise you and we thank you. And you are not limited, Father God, by <laughs> physical touch. Because we have seen great and mighty miracles taking place through the screen. So, Father, anyone listening and watching that needs healing, we pray right now that the power of the living God would just flood their body. I pray that light would go into them and revive them, restore them, and heal them because you are the power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. We pray right now it would just go. You sent your word and you healed their disease. Lord, we send your word, Jesus, to them right now. And Lord, those who are there, who are listening and watching, who have had this stirring within them, Lord God, to do something for you, and you've been speaking to them, Lord, but they have been afraid to step out. I say, come forth and step out in the things of God because he's calling you today. And if you've been praying and seeking revival, why not?